0: Atop the Pit Box podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, Fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the Atop the Pit Box podcast presented by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. On this episode, we are going to talk about the craziness at Martinsville and look ahead to this weekend's championship race at Phoenix, Josh, how you doing?
1: Doing well, Zach. We are doing this podcast a day late because the last we we've, we've been watching Ross Chastain videos nonstop, and we got a little distracted, right? So we're we're a day late, but
0: twenty-four hours straight,
1: <laughs> pretty wild. How are you doing
0: tonight? Doing good, you know. I'm uh, I'm on cloud nine, top of the world, pickleball champ. Uh, I won't say who I beat. Oh, you should say it. Go ahead, say it. I beat you. <laughs> you did. Beat I'll you. take the loss. It's so, fun little in the championship.
1: Yeah, workouting and I lost in the championship. That's fine. Did Let you have, have this. any
0: money on yourself?
1: I may have bet on myself oh, and and man, lost. That so sucks. That's so that's it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. but I'm going to make it up with my fancy NASCAR winning. So I'm, I'm not right, too fair concerned.
0: Enough. There you go. Fair enough. <laughs> uh,
1: we do have a great show for you, but before we get into that, I do want to just uh, thank you all for listening. We are getting to the end of this first season of the podcast and and really do appreciate everybody that tunes in every week. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and family and so that we can continue to, to grow this thing. We are in the week of uh, our Harlan party. We've been talking about this for a long time. I'm super excited that it's Actually, here uh, we're going to be getting together on Sunday at the Harland or at the West Side in Harland, Iowa. Race begins at 2 p.m. We'll be there uh, before that selling t shirts and uh, just eating some food and, and hanging out. Should be a, a really good time. And then finally, just a reminder our website, topthepitbox.com. Please make sure you're checking that out. We have been working hard putting this thing together. We do have some kinks. I know there was some problems with the link for the standings this week. Um, we're working through that. So bear with us. It's kind of our dry run, and hopefully we can get it ready to go for next year. But uh, TopThePitBox.com is your spot for everything pertaining to the Fancy NASCAR League. So with that being said, let's get to this week's NASCAR news. And we start with a disqualification from this weekend's race in Martinsville.
0: You think about this past weekend's race, Josh, this completely got lost in the shuffle with, (laughs) you know, Chastain and and Bell and Denny Hamlin and just the chaos playoff wise. But Brad Keselowski, uh, I believe, wasn't he running top five, top six, or he did finish top five, top six. And uh, he was disqualified at the end of the race for not meeting the minimum weight. Uh, I don't know exactly what they were doing with the car or what happened there, but his finish uh, was taken away, and he was disqualified at Marnesville and put to last place.
1: So he was in fourth position when he yep. when he finished. So um, kind of crazy. I haven't heard of the the minimum weight as a reason to be disqualified, but Unfortunate for for him and kind of fits his his year the way he's he's been running. So unfortunate for him. Tough day for Brad Keselowski, and another rough day for uh, Tyler Reddick. So his situation was a little unique. Do we have any update on his his health?
0: We do. Uh, so for those of you listening, uh, basically what happened is during a restart. The cars got bottled up and and Reddit got hit pretty hard from behind. And he just said, "I don't feel right." He parked the car behind the garage and and called it a day. Uh, he did pass all of his neuro- neurological tests at the track. Uh, but they are going to do further testing. They have done further testing. Everything seems to be coming back normal. Uh, so it doesn't appear like, it's a it's something that will keep him out of this weekend's race but I did see on the driver list or yeah the driver entry list for this weekend he's listed as questionable almost like a like a injury report uh in the NFL so I don't know if he will drive this weekend or not but he was concerned about his head uh and and that was something that kind of got lost during the race as well what do you think
1: about a driver taking basically pulling himself out of the race what do you what are your thoughts on that?
0: Again, the drivers know that their bodies better than any of us, right? And so the drivers throughout time have basically tried to be tough guy uh, and drove through injuries, put themselves basically through the ringer just to try to stay on the track. Uh, I will say that I do find it admirable that these guys are coming out saying, yeah, this is Something's not right. I think The doctors, they need it, you know, need to get involved. Uh, and, and to me, that is the correct path to go. Uh, in this situation with Redick, I'd be really curious to know if, obviously, if he was racing to try to make the final four, I bet he tries to tough it out on the track. But with his situation, he's already out of the playoffs. He's going to a new team next year. Maybe that also had something to do with it where he just said, you know what? something doesn't feel right and i really have nothing to gain from this so that's why i'm going to go park it
1: yeah i don't have any issue with him doing that these guys are are human beings and you know after after racing they have to live their lives and so hopefully they you know they do it for entertainment and for their um you know as their job and i have no problem with that i I, he did hurt my my fantasy team uh coming in last place doesn't doesn't you know, help move up the standings. But at the end of the day, I am happy that he, he made that decision for himself and, and is comfortable or not enough, or is in a, the sport has evolved in that he doesn't get shamed for, you know, for, for pulling that moves. Um, exactly. We've got some other health related news. So will we see Alex Bowman driving the 48 car in Phoenix?
0: We will. So he, they came out with an announcement. Alex Bowman has been cleared to return to this weekend's race at Phoenix. It's his home track. He's from Arizona. So uh, that had something to do with it as well as his crew chief, Greg Ives is leaving at the end of the season. So uh, he wanted one more race with, with his crew chief. And a lot of people are out there asking it's one race. He has nothing to race for. Why would he come back? And he he said, basically, it's this is a way for him to build confidence going into next year. You know, he's been out of the car here for a while. Uh, He just wants to get back into it and kind of get back into the groove of things. So um, I thought that was a reasonable explanation on why they're trying to do it. Obviously, he wants to uh, hopefully send Greg Ives out with maybe a top five or top 10 and, um, you know, end the year out on, on a high note. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are drivers. They love racing
1: and they'll do it for, for nothing. These guys are getting paid a lot of money to do it, but it doesn't surprise me that somebody that is in Alex Bowman's position is if he's cleared and feels great, he should, he will be racing. So that, that, that makes sense. Um, and that was supposed to be the end of our NASCAR news, but the bonus or the benefit of recording a day late is we get another day's worth of, uh, NASCAR news. And we have some hot-off-the-press breaking NASCAR news.
0: This is literally hot-off-the-press breaking NASCAR news, like you pointed out. It was just announced on Twitter. Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic tweeted out saying that Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champ, the Jimmy Johnson, is in discussions to become a part owner of Petty GMS Racing. Uh, and will drive some select races for that team or organization next year. So Petty GMS, it is owned by Richard Petty, as well as uh, the GMS comes from a, a very rich owner who owns Allegiant Airlines, I believe, that's based in Vegas or somewhere out there on the West Coast. But that ownership group is now going to be uh, including Jimmy Johnson in the mix, and the, it's a two-car stable right now with Eric Eric Jones, and then Noah Gregson is driving the 42 car next year, uh, replacing Ty Dillon. And so uh, I don't know how many races Jimmy Johnson's going to race, but it does say he's going to drive a select few. And and for me, you know, being a NASCAR fan here for call it 20 years. Uh, I think this is really exciting to see Jimmy Johnson in this new car, uh, come back and, and see what he can do, uh, with, with the big boys after his Indy car stint. What are your thoughts?
1: I think it just reiterates my point that these drivers have it in their blood and they're, they can't stay away. So it doesn't, it, it, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I, I kind of missed the Jimmy Johnson era. His, I think his last season is the first season that I started watching so I missed the run of domination that he that he distru- or displayed through those years. Um, so I don't have as much of the nostalgia or, you know, that kind of thing for for him coming back. But anytime you have somebody that is essentially a legend in your sport, come back, I think that's a big deal. And it's interesting that he's going to drive. I don't I don't know if he's going to take a ride you know a a spot from you know eric jones or or noah but um it is interesting that he threw it out there that he's gonna you know race some races
0: yeah i you would think i don't think they're not gonna buy a charter for him to race select races so basically i think what's gonna have to happen is he's just gonna have to race as an open entry uh and try to qualify Uh, in for that race and if you look at the races this year i don't remember a lot of races besides the daytona 500 that have had more than 40 cars or have at least had 40 cars so i think there's a strong likelihood that he's going to be able to basically get into whatever race he wants um, based on the number of cars that are actually racing right now we'll see what
1: he does should be should be interesting so uh, let's turn our attention to this past Sunday's race at Martinsville. The way the race started out, it needed some serious fireworks to make this race enjoyable for me. And man, did the final 50 or so laps deliver. So NASCAR still has a lot of work to do with the short short tracks for next year, but this ending was exciting. What'd you think?
0: I agree. I thought the race was better Overall, compared to the spring race, they, you know, they brought that softer tire, so the rubber was able to lay down more on the track. Um, oh, they still shifted, though, and that's been, I guess, the biggest complaint of these drivers, crew chiefs, spotters, is you should never have to shift at a short track, so maybe they can make some adjustments there uh, for next year. But from an overall racing product, I still think it was pretty boring up until like you said the last 50 laps and that was due to the caution as and that was due to uh just a playoff cutoff line and and drivers just racing their tails off trying to get in yeah i think you made a great point that if
1: this wasn't a cutoff race if this was normal martinsville just you know in the middle of the schedule you're not seeing this type of finish with the implications that it had which then becomes just another boring short track so Um, as we get to the storylines for this race, we kind of have the opposite of last week where we didn't have many storylines last week, this week, there is a number of places that we can start, but we are going to start tonight with another walk-off win for Christopher Bell,
0: Mr. Clutch himself. What a playoff run for Christopher Bell. Uh, he had a walk-off win at the Charlotte Roble Road Course that got him into the uh, to this round or the round of eight. Uh, he had to win at Martinsville to advance to Phoenix, and he did just that. Uh, they did use some pit strategy there to get some fresh tires with you know the thirty or fifty laps to go. Uh, we, as that race went on, you know that last run. Uh, the laps were winding down I didn't know if, if that, if those new tires were going to actually mean to di- make a difference or, or matter and boy, did they ever, you know, he got past his buddy, Chase Briscoe, a little bumping and banging, but racing pretty clean short track racing. Uh, and he, and he never looked back from that. So, uh, can you believe that he won again in a must win situation? It's pretty amazing. I, I, it, it's hard to believe.
1: Um his back was against the wall. He came through again. I know we've talked on this podcast about seeing drivers perform when the odds are against them, their backs are against the wall. And what a just a a fantastic performance from that 20 team, including the pit crew, crew chief. I mean, it was just they did everything that they needed to do to win. Towards that end of the race, it did look like Briscoe was was in the lead and and he looked like he may pull this off. He stayed out when everybody else pitted, and he so he was on older tires. And you just thought, can he hold on to this lead? You know, Christopher Bell's barreling down on him with eight laps to go. I think it was. You just he the gap was was so small that you there's no way that he's gonna hold this off for eight laps. Um, and then Bell, like you said, passed him pretty pretty cleanly. Um, nothing nothing wrong with that. And and takes the takes the lead and and ultimately the win. As as improbable and amazing as it was to watch Bell win this must win race, somehow it was overshadowed by another driver, and that driver is Ross Chastain, and the absolute epic move that he pulled to end the playoffs.
0: This will go down as one of the best, craziest wildest last lap moves in the history of NASCAR. Uh, For those of you that didn't watch, I'm sure you've seen it out on social media. There's no
1: way no one's seen this. It's 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 been in
0: the papers. It's been on every website known to man. Uh, But Ross Chastain essentially pulled off a Hail Mary on the final lap going into turn three. And to set the stage, uh, he was coming off turn two. He radioed to his crew asking where he was at in the points. He, and I think he said, word for word, do, do we need, do I need them? And his crew chief or spotter said, yes, we, we need two points. And so what he did is heading down the back straightaway, He put his car up into fifth gear, m- put it up against the wall. You heard me right. He purposely put his car into the wall. He mashed the gas and took his hands off the steering wheel and was able to complete the craziest turns three and four and and craziest move that I may have ever seen in NASCAR. He made it work. He gained the spots needed, and he was able to leapfrog Denny Hamlin at the finish line and and get himself into the playoffs. Um, (laughs) It looked like it was fake with how how much faster he was going compared to the other guys. And I remember watching it live. I used a lot of language that I won't use on this podcast, but I was so in shock about the move that he had just pulled. And and I think it came out that it was two two and a half seconds faster of a lap than the fastest lap uh, at Martinsville in the history of Martinsville. So it just shows you how much faster he was going than his peers. And again, uh, was able to get in the, into the championship race with that move. What did you think of the move when it happened? And, and what are your thoughts now after seeing the replays? I couldn't believe it, what I just saw. Um, Ross
1: Chastain gained a fan on Sunday. I know we've questioned some of his moves and got on him some, uh, for some of his racing performances, and rightly so. However, this was so impressive. I still don't have words to describe what I saw, um, watching his car fly around the track. In as I was watching the race, I thought there was a just a you saw the finish line and it just looked like there was a crash. It looked like somebody crashed and there were some cars, and then the broadcast is kind of realizing it. the The standings kind of update on the screen and you're like, wait a minute, what just happened? That was Chastain. Um, I know that there's been all kinds of. Uh, videos from the stands and and from the 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 car the in-car cameras from other drivers and the, the the commentary with the spotters and no one can believe it it was it was absolutely wild and it was just something that i'll never forget and i don't think that we will we will ever see again um i know that they talked to the drivers after the race and some of them specifically Kyle Larson, said it was a, an embarrassment for NASCAR, which is kind of ironic because he's tried the same move. But do you think that they will try to make a rule against this? And should they make a rule against this?
0: So in regards to Kyle Larson, he said he, he felt embarrassed after he pulled, tried to pull that move off at Darlington. And so that kind of puts it in context of him. He did it, yes, but he said he felt terrible after doing it. He was embarrassed by it. As you pointed out.
1: Because it uh, didn't work. He he was embarrassed it didn't work. If it well, worked, he's it, not. He's not embarrassed.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. <laughs> but uh, as you pointed out, they essentially asked almost every driver what their thoughts were in regards to what Ross Chastain did. And they all basically came to the same conclusion. It was one of the craziest just nuttiest things they'd ever seen in racing but they hope that they never see it again and i'm i'm in the driver camp on this one all day the reason why i'm in their camp is if you think about the safety issues that nascar has had all year long in regards to concussions and just the gamut of issues they've had and driver safety being the number one priority for nascar If you think about the situation that happened at Martinsville with how much faster Ross Chastain was going than his, you know, competitors on the track. It's all, again, I think it was the craziest, greatest move that I've ever seen in NASCAR. So don't get me wrong. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. But NASCAR, I think, will do something to mitigate or prevent a move like that from happening again. And the reason why I say that is just think about his move. Think about him coming off turn four, going 30, 40, 50 miles an hour faster than what the other cars were, and say he slammed into the back of a driver, which then caused a serious concussion for that driver, or even worse, caused an eight to nine car pileup on the straightaway where everyone's just creaming into each other. So that's where I'm coming from. I think NASCAR will do something to prevent it from happening again. And I will say again, that is one of the greatest, craziest moves that I've ever seen in NASCAR. And it will be a move that that lives forever in the history, you know, the lure of, of NASCAR history. So I am not in your same
1: camp. I understand the safety piece of it. However, I think the circumstances we're so unique in this race this track this you know the the positioning of the the drivers as far as how many points he needed um just the 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 entire situation i think is unique we're not going to see this every every week and i would hate to see nascar put in another rule where it is subjective and could be manipulated or interpreted in a different way i don't know that you can come up with a black and white rule to say you can't do what Ross Chastain did. I don't,
0: but, but you can, it, it's very obvious. So like the argument would be, well, what says you're not forced in, into the, into the fence or, or the wall and you keep going. Okay. That, that's very obvious to the eye compared to what Ross Chastain did. No one's around him. He mashes the gas, puts it into fifth gear, puts his car up against the wall, and Rim rides it all the way around. It's so very cool. it's very obvious to me uh, what the differences are. There's been drivers in the past. You pointed out Larson did it at Darlington. It didn't work. Carl Edwards did it back. I believe it was it might have been Kansas if I remember correctly uh, and tried to do what he called a, a PlayStation move and it didn't work. So Drivers have tried it in the past. But in this situation, NASCAR again is so worried about driver safety because the car that they've created is not safer than the car that you know that it replaced, and so I think there will be something put in place to prevent this from happening. I'm not saying that's about, right or wrong. I'm how how not about saying, NASCAR?
1: What? How about NASCAR just makes a safer car? I mean, why are you going to ruin what is a great moment? You're you got the entire world talking about your sport. I mean, it is everywhere. I got people that I didn't even they don't know what NASCAR is and they're telling me, "Hey, do you see this thing about Ross Chastain? Like it is everywhere." And now you want to come in and
0: and say that's illegal. We you can't do that anymore. Dude, I I get it, man. And this is probably the most publicity NASCAR has had in a very, very long time in a positive way. And it's, and it's kind of overshadowed every issue they've had all season with how much this has kind of taken the world by storm. So They're loving it. They are loving it. But again, I just think from the safety aspect, uh, they don't want to see these drivers doing this on the track and putting themselves in danger as well as the, as the competitors in danger. Or the fans. Just think about, like, I mean, what happens if... Worst case scenario, a car careens, goes up onto the onto the um, the safer barrier and somehow starts taking out the catch fence. We've seen it before. I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but you've got to think spectators at that point would be involved too, especially if it's at a higher speed track such as a Darlington or an Atlanta or, or tracks like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see what NASCAR decides to do uh, for next year, in regards to what Ross Chastain did.
1: So Ross Chastain makes the final four with that move, legendary. But that means that there was a driver that didn't make it, um, and that it, that driver is Denny Hamlin, and a heartbreak loss or heartbreak what? miss. Oh.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> so not only does does Hamlin miss the playoffs, but Chastain is the one that knocks him out
0: and passes him at the finish line. And and this was so bitter. This made me just laugh so hard that his enemy who's been beating and banging it all year long, these two are enemies. He is the guy that knocked Denny Hamlin out of the playoffs. He basically had himself locked into the playoffs until the last call it half a lap maybe even less than that uh the only thing left on denny hamlin's resume that he needs is a nascar championship he's almost like the reverse dale senior where dale senior just he needed the the uh daytona 500 to complete his resume denny hamlin just needs a nascar championships to to complete his resume he's come close he's knocked on the door many times this is just another example of how close he's gotten um and, and the one thing that i will say is his pit crew let him down again we've we'll been talking uh, about and, that all and, year and we've been talking about that all year long so you can guarantee i can guarantee that they will make some pit crew changes uh, on that team for next year but um i thought denny um uh, i thought he was pretty respectable in his post race interview at the end of the race uh he didn't call it a a garbage move or anything like that. He just said it was brilliant. Uh, I think that was mostly sarcasm, but he said it was brilliant. And again, just so close for Danny Hamblin, but no cigar or no cigar. And and to be honest, I'm completely fine that he's out of the out of the championship race.
1: I think he was in disbelief when he was doing that interview. I mean he was he had a fast car all day. He had won the first two stages and then he got into position on the final lap, two points up. I mean, you can't pass in this track. You know, we've, we've talked about how big of a issue it would pass. So, so it's not like chestnut's going to make up two spots on the final lap in a normal universe. Yep. And then chestnut takes that away in, in the blink of an eye. It was, it was wild. I feel bad for Denny. I really want him to get his championship. Um, I did think he handled his post interview, uh, post race interview pretty well, probably again, in disbelief, but I think ultimately Hamlin can blame his pit crew. They had a bunch of slower stops that cost him positions at almost every pit stop. And, and he did a great job of making that up. But, you know, if, if he is faster on his pit stops and he's, you know, six, seven points ahead you know, this rate, you know, then Chastain doesn't even have the opportunity to make this move, but unfortunately that isn't what happened. And Denny for sure needs to spend this offseason figuring out what is going on with his pit crew and get that shit dialed in um, because it, it hurt him all year. One thing to bring up is, or to think about is with the way that the race should have finished under nor- normal circumstances, Hamlin would have made it in by two points. Chastain would have been below the cut line by two points. Hamlin would have got out of his car, celebrated, done his p- post-race interviews, just super happy he's made it the final four. And then Brad K gets suspended or gets uh, disqualified, which would then have put Ross into the playoffs and Hamlin would have been out. Still wild that, that we would have got the same, the same final four, but just in a different way. And this way looks way better for NASCAR than, than uh, a disqualified car changing the standings.
0: So as a Denny hater, I I don't know what I want, wanted to see more Ross Jessing's Hail Mary move to knock him out or for him to think he's made the championship race. That's cruel. He's relieved. He's, he's celebrating with his team. And then about, you know, a half hour 30 or 30 to 60 minutes later, uh, he's told, uh, hey, guess what? Brad K just got disqualified. Chastain's now in the final four. Uh, I'm not sure what would be worse.
1: I don't know if you have a heart. That's messed up, man. That is that is messed up. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have words to, to describe the- I told,
0: I told you and the listeners, I'm a Denny Hamlin fan from a businessman standpoint, but as a racer, I, I'm just not a fan clearly you 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 made that well known here so good i just uh, trying to make sure we're on the same page here <laughs>
1: we, we are uh so looking at the results of the race stage one hamlin stage two hamlin most laps led hamlin with 203 uh but your winner is christopher bell so uh we can now take a look at jeff gluck's poll yeah
0: so jeff gluck's poll to be honest here josh i thought this was going to be way worse than what it came in at and i think it all has to do with the last 30 laps if you do not have the last 30 laps that we saw in martinsville with the hill mary pass the playoff drama all of that stuff i'm guessing that this race is probably in the 50s or 60s at best uh, but jeff gluck's poll said 78.9 percent of voters said yes it was a good race uh The downside of that, though, is every short track race in 2022 was below 80%, which, again, 80% 80 is kind of the threshold of a great race or a good race. Uh, This is the first time since 2016 that a short track was not the number one race of the season. And if you look at how they've done their schedules here over the last two years and moving forward, they've really put an emphasis on road course racing and short tracks and that kind of gets back to the roots of nascar short track racing and they better get this car fixed over the off season and get it fixed fast because these short tracks have not been good racing products uh, or, or good race races uh, in this past year yeah especially the one that we went to um
1: still fun it was but not not legendary not the the short track racing that we come to love uh, 78.9% is, I actually kind of thought it would be higher based on just the reactions of everybody and, and the the crazy finish, the new winner. There's so much stuff going on at that end of the race that I kind of thought there would be some recency bias and that the, the voters would, you know, lean heavier into a good race, but still not, not terrible, but you know,
0: I think there was a bump for for that for sure, but. Your recency bias is probably worth 18% or more <laughs> in this case. Cause I literally, I think this was a 60% race or worse until I mean, the it was a dud. It laps. was a dud until that, that
1: finish. I mean, that's, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Um, you really didn't even need to watch the first three quarters of that race, just tune into the end and, and you would have got the, the, the excitement that, that you needed. Our picks for the race did not do terrible. Uh, Elliot finished in P10 and Byron finished in P7 Um, neither one of those guys really battled for the lead they kind of just hung back a little bit Uh, so no no uh, pie in the face for us this week
0: Um, well so let me stop you here real quick I got a question for you with as bad as Hendrick and I say Hendrick in regards to the playoff drivers. so Elliot and Byron they have had just I wouldn't say terrible playoffs, but they just really have never been in contention to win a race. That, that has got to be one of the most shocking parts of this playoffs that we've seen so far is just the lack of competition uh, from Chase Elliott and William Byron. Don't you think? Well, and the only Hendrick driver
1: that's really done anything is out of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it is a little surprising, yeah I can't think of a time. Byron, for sure, hasn't really been in a position where he's even talked about for the win. Elliott's had a couple of races where he's at the front at least. Uh, but yeah, an underwhelming performance from Hendrick. and but I mean, they've got one team, one one driver in, the final four. So it's all on on the shoulders of Elliot.
0: The pressure is as much as could possibly be had. Uh, for Chase Hellion trying to carry the Hendrick flag uh, and try to repeat for Hendrick here uh, at Phoenix. There's no doubt about that.
1: So let's look at what Martinsville did to our, our fantasy standings. We had a team average of 73, a low score, Troy Planbeck, 21 points, and a high from Steve Rolfes, number one, at 136 points. So pretty big differential between those two teams. And it was an elimination race for NASCAR. It was a elimination race for our fantasy, uh, fantasy league. And we have the final six teams that will be uh, participating in the final race this weekend for F- at Phoenix for the championship. And those teams are Bigger Sandwich, Taylor Slice, Adam Studer, Ryan Brash, number two. Amy Weiss and Kinnick Rolfes, who moved up four spots from uh, P10 to claim that final spot. Um, top five really stayed the same. So the only switch was, was Kinnick knocking Jasmine Rolfes out of the playoffs. And just a reminder for those teams, seventh through 10th still pays out. So even if you've been eliminated, there is some chance to, to make up some cash. Uh, but the, final six will be a winner take all all the points go out the window and it's just the best team that uh, has the lowest score will will win the championship for this year so what are your thoughts on who made it who who got
0: cut overall final six well you look at the final six and like you pointed out there's there was really only one driver or one entry that fell out one that got back in so there really wasn't a lot of shake up there for that top six so uh, it just shows you that, um, kind of padding those points, almost like trying to get the stage points, stage wins, uh, and, and bonus points is, is pretty important. So, um, a little, sh- a little surprising that, uh, again, the top five drivers stayed the same, but, uh, with Martinsville being such a dud, uh, there just wasn't a lot of chaos, uh, or, or cautions per se. So, um, It'll be fun to see uh, Sunday's race. One drawback is you've got to the championship. Points are are reset to zero. You have one bad week or or one bad dud of a driver, and that could cost you a win. But um, that's how NASCAR is in real life, and it's kind of cool that that's how our fantasy playoff format is as well. It's also cool to see the – it's also cool to see – the
1: the teams that made it kind of been at the top all year, so lends a little bit of credibility to the to the regular season, um, and the drivers that are the teams that you know were at the top for most of the year ended up at there. So uh, good to see. Got two, two I got two teams in. So unfortunately my my two daughters got knocked out, but we rooting for them. Uh, here come come Sunday to make seventh through tenth.
0: Let's let's jump into the risers of the week, playoff wise. Uh, Kinnick went from P ten to P six, so he was able to sneak into the playoffs. the The one driver that or one entry that was able to sneak into the playoffs. that was on the outside looking in. Uh, he Rob the Ross Chastain. He 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 hit that wall and <laughs> passed everybody. There you go. Uh, Rob Boyson went from P fifteen to P twelve, so he is two point or two spots out of the money. So. We'll see if Rob can sneak in for the dough. When you look at the fallers, Steve Rolfes, number four, went from P-18 to P-20, even bigger sandwich, P-8 to P-10. So you are in the money as of right now, but you won't be on Sunday. Uh, Don Brockman went from P-12 to P-14. My team really
1: took a hit with Tyler Reddick, him coming in last, If he even has a halfway decent day and finishes 15th, you know, I knock out, which is my other team. So I just, I still get two in, but uh, it would would have been a different, a different two. So uh, looking at the rookies, Taylor Schleis, P2, Patrick McMeekin, P14, Robert Schaefer is in P16. And then looking outside the playoffs is David Banger in P25 and Danielle Sundag at P35. Uh, Norton, and I looked at David Bangert's statistics from the playoffs. And if he were uh, to make, if he made the playoffs this, this year, where would he line up? And he would have been in first place by, I think like 60 points, 50 or 60 points. So his team has just been on fire and uh, unfortunately it's not going to Pay off anything for for David, so you hate to you hate to see that. That's incredible. He'd be leading by sixty points, fifty or sixty points. It was a lot. Yeah, it was crazy. It was not even close. And he He had a he he had a bad week, like last week, I think. And so it was even
0: higher before. It's wild. And he missed the playoffs by one one position, right? Yep. He's been twenty fifth the whole time because because of the lockout, but he missed it by one spot. And he yeah, could be leading think... this whole thing, looking, staring at whatever the payout is, six, seven hundred bucks for first place. The Daytona race was the
1: cutoff. Then he fell to P-33 after that race. So he didn't make it. He didn't miss it by, by. it was a lot. I mean, okay. I don't know how the point is, but that just shows he jumped up to P-25 and it stayed there. Because his team has been absolutely dominant, um, so he would have win from P thirty
0: three to P one in nine races. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's and, crazy, and a, and a clear cut, and a clear cut number one for sure.
1: That's so, wild. Unfor-
0: unfortunately for David, he's uh, he's outside. Friend the of the show, friend of the show, David Banger. He'll he'll be <laughs> back next year for for some more action. Uh, so th- that takes a look at our.
1: Uh, risers and fallers and we get to do one final race preview and it's
0: the the championship race championship race comes down for all of the marbles it's at phoenix raceway in avondale arizona which is a suburb of phoenix scottsdale area Um, got three quick track facts for you here Uh, The first one is, although Phoenix Raceway opened in 1964, it didn't host its first Premier Series race until November 6th of 1988. Alan Kulwicki was his, uh, the Phoenix was his first Premier Series victory, so NASCAR win, and in a celebratory, celebratory move that he had planned months in advance, he took a victory lap clockwise around the track uh, so he could look in the grandstands, and it's called a Polish victory lap. So you'll see uh, some drivers that in, in past, Dale Jr. is one of them, they will drive around the track saluting the fans. It is called a Polish victory lap, and that is who created that, Alan Kowicki, with his first win at Phoenix. You look at the configuration of Phoenix and, and where it is now, I don't know, I can't remember when you started watching NASCAR, Josh, but... Uh, the Phoenix that you will see on Sunday um, is not the same Phoenix that used to be. So in, ni- in 2018, uh, they moved the finish line to the exit of turn two, uh, which gives the, t- the drivers a ton of options heading to the finish line. So the finish line used to be on the straightaway. That is now almost the backstretch per se. Uh and then they moved it into uh what you call I, I can't remember what they call it. There's a specific name for it, but basically they moved it to a point in the track um right before you can go three, four, five wide, especially on restart. So it just makes for a more entertaining race uh at Phoenix. And your last track fact of the night, I had to throw this in there because Dale Jr. is my boy, Phoenix is the site of Dale Jr.'s last victory in NASCAR. Uh, it was his 26th victory, and that is the last time he won a NASCAR race was at the Phoenix Raceway in Arizona. He only won 26 times. 26 times. Like it doesn't seem like a lot. And he if, if you watch or, or have followed him, um as he's kind of re retold his career uh the first call it five to eight years he did not take racing seriously he he was a party boy loved to party would just show up to the track and race uh the final years is when he really started taking it seriously in regards to eating right exercising all that he said if he would have done that to start he probably would would have won double the amount of races he he won. So uh, it's not a lot, but you also got to look at who he was racing against. He was racing against some of the best drivers ever in the history of NASCAR: Jeff Gordon, Mark Martin, Rusty Wallace, Dale Senior, um, Jimmy Johnson. I mean, there's just so many. Tony Stewart. There's so many good NASCAR drivers uh, throughout that time. So uh, he definitely underperformed, but. Um, 26 wins is still 26 wins uh, in the probably toughest motorsports that we uh, we have in America. When you look at race expectations at Phoenix I think this is going to be a fun, exciting, crazy race. There's a reason why Phoenix is now the uh, championship race. Again, with the track reconfiguration and, and the finish line where it is uh, these restarts are going to be insanely crazy you're going to have three four five wide uh going into turn one or turn two however you look at this track from from the design standpoint so uh i've got some pretty high expectations going into this weekend's race uh again i think it's going to be a great race for us race fans to watch go back to the spring race i just figured i thought i'd tell you where the playoff the championship four finished in the spring race Ross Chastain finished in second. Logano finished in eighth. Your boy Chase Elliott finished 11th. And then Christopher Bell finished 26th. Uh, And that's a little bit deceiving. Christopher Bell did have a fast car. He was up toward the front and then started having tire issues. There were some tire issues in the spring race at Phoenix. Uh, And unfortunately, that kind of bit Christopher Bell. So his finish is a little bit deceiving there. So I I think we should look at our
1: our final four picks and our championship pick that we made back uh, before the playoffs started. And so, your final four, so just to refresh your memory, was Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Bush with a champion of Larson. So, you got one for four and your champion's out. My four was Elliott, Larson, Hamlin, Logano, and my champion was Hamlin. So, while I did get two, of the drivers out of the four, my, my champion is, is also out. So
0: unfortunately uh, this will not be the year for Denny Hamlin. It it just shows you how crazy these, this playoff format's been this year. I mean, two walk-off wins for Christopher Bell and one playoff. And and I can't remember the stat. There might've been a handful at most of of drivers who have had walk-off wins in this new pledge or the stage racing playoff format. Uh, it's just crazy what what he has done and, and what we've seen in this format. So uh, with that being said, let's get into the picks of the race. I got to go first. The, the only, uh, I'm torn between two drivers. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. Uh, to me, it's very apparent who the fastest guy is uh, based on the similar type tracks as well as his finish in the spring race. But I'm going to pick a driver, and it's solely for the fact that I almost want to torment you. I want you to somewhat root against your favorite driver at the championship race. So this is almost like a reverse psychology type pick because I have nothing on the line. I have nothing to cheer for other than just seeing a good race. So with that being said, I'm doing something that I totally see you Doing to me in the same exact situation, uh, I'm gonna pick Chase Elliott. I don't I would be I would never do that to you.
1: That is a lie. That is an absolute lie. I don't understand your hatred for my drivers. Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott. You just you I mean, can't you just root for your own guys? I mean, I I guess they're not in the playoffs. So I guess I
0: told you, I got nothing (laughs) on the line, man. So this is something that you would totally do. You are the biggest. Smack talker, rubbing in type type guy that I've ever met. You talk crap about my drivers all the time. This is this is totally something you would do. I disagree. But
1: so now that gets me to my pick, and I was kind of hoping that you would eliminate one of the other drivers that I was thinking of, and I actually wasn't going to pick Chase Elliott. I was debating between the three other, uh, other drivers, and now I really don't know who to pick. I'm, I'm going. I'm gonna go with Ross Chastain. I think, I, I, I don't know. I, I could see Logano winning. Chris Bell. I don't. I don't know how you can count him out in any race
0: at this point. Um, even as bad as his I finish think Chris was. I is the second. I could be wrong, but I think Christopher Bell is the second highest favorite driver coming going into this weekend.
1: Is Elliot the first?
0: Yes. So, I mean, and he
1: just hasn't looked that good lately.
0: Um, and again, I'm only picking him solely for the purpose <laughs> and intent to see you squirm if he is for a reason in if the you, league. If you, <laughs> if you win this
1: and I have to take a pie in the face because Chase Elliott won the championship, that's going to be,
0: that's going to suck um i'd totally do that if the roles if the roles were so what do you think
1: so what do you think if so should we since it's the last race nobody's got a pie in the face should we pick a second driver and go into this another playoff driver and we'll we'll
0: say hey basically basically you're saying pick two playoff drivers i pick two playoff drivers just to spice it up i think so sure why not Um, so now
1: now hold on now i don't know if we need to change the order here or if if we do a snake you know a snake pick or if you want to take if you have somebody that you want to take as the second one um
0: throw it out there because i'm the pickleball champion you go first my friend (laughs) i personally don't have a preference on, on either of these last two guys uh i think these guys are almost. Equal. So taking Logano. Perfect. He's
1: been there. He's been there. Give me and some C Bell,
0: baby. Another, another walk again, off win. In I, the I think
1: there is if any one of those four wins, I'm not gonna be surprised. It's so it's in that sense, I think we've got a good final four. Obviously, not the final four that most people thought we would see, but I think it's good. They've they've raced their way there and I'm excited to see what they can do. So I'm going to, to note here that I have uh, Chastain and Logano and you have Elliot and Bell. And we should have one of us get a pie in the face. If both of these don't hit, how, I think how funny is it going to be
0: if if like Kyle Larson wins the race,
1: Chase Briscoe wins Phoenix again, or Truex <laughs> or Bush? I mean, you just yeah, who knows? Who knows? But I think so. As we look towards the race, is typically in these situations, the the non playoff drivers kind of get out of the
0: way for these guys to race, right? For the most part, they do. Uh, they're still racing. They're still out there to try to, like Kyle Larson in this situation, Kyle Larson is still racing for the owner's championship, I believe. Sure. So he's not going to cut these guys any slack. He doesn't care that he's not, you know, racing for a driver's championship. He's racing for an owner's championship. So um, he is, he's not going to cut anybody slack. But for the most part, overall, yes, they do cut these, these championship for driver's slack. I mean you don't want to be the guy that's a non-playoff driver who takes out a playoff driver or causes him uh, to have an issue or anything like that. That's just something We're looking you at you, Cody Ware. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Cody Ware, Harrison Burton. Stay away, Cody. <laughs> oh,
1: so true. So just a couple of days here until, until we find out who our who our champion is. And looking forward to, to hanging out with everybody at, at uh, the West side this weekend. And one more race. we got one more podcast left and I know we got some stuff for the off season planned, but one more uh, podcast recap, and we'll have a champion at that point.
0: Can't believe it's already the end of the season. It, it's uh, it's, see, it seems like it's been a long season, but it, it's gone fast. If that makes any sense it's a season that I think a lot of people are going to remember it. It was,
1: we had 19 winners, possibly 20. If, if somebody wins Phoenix, but, um and then just the, the overall dominance of, of uh I guess, no dominance of anybody, any drivers. That it, lack at of training. dominance. So, yeah. Lack of dominance. That's, that's what I was looking for. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's good. Hopefully there's a good, Final championship race that we can kind of send this season off on a on a high note, and
0: hopefully it's a clean race and and we get a a, a winner. Yeah, you just got to hope that there's no mechanical issues. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing that always concerns me with a playoff format t- like this, where you know it's four drivers, winner take all. These are vendor supplied parts. These are not team made parts. They can't really decide who to go to. It is a NASCAR decision these parts are what you got, it would really suck to me if a blown engine or some kind of parts failure takes one of these four drivers out and basically uh, eliminates them from, from uh, being able to win a championship. One knock on wood for, for us here.
1: Hopefully that uh, does not happen. And we have a good race to, to recap come next week. So that's it for this week. And uh, we'll talk to you
0: or see you at the West side and talk to you next week. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good night. The Top the Pit Box podcast is supported by paradiseexecutiveproperties.com. With winter coming up, now is a great time to book a trip to Lake of the Ozarks, and Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They have several modern and fully furnished homes for up to 19 people, so bring your friends and family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation, Visit Paradise Executive Properties.com. Thank you, my friends. God bless. It's no days off. Take no breaks. You in my lane. You in my way. You cross that line. It ain't your day. I lost my mind. I need my spot.